So, surprise, I'm the surprise guest speaker. Woo! <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yes, it is uh, interesting. The Lord doesn't only speak to Pastor Buster, but he does speak to me as well. So, I hope that this message really reaches your hearts as much as I know that it did mine in the last couple of weeks. Um, today, we're going to conclude the Preparing to Shift series. Um, we've been talking about going from one season into the next and how to shift things internally before we get to that next season. So I really feel like the Lord's been doing a work in me this past couple of weeks, and, and hopefully this message will land with you guys as well. Um, we are going to focus on John 15, 9 through 17. If you will follow along with me. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So one of the things that I noticed in this passage is that um, there is an extra level beyond servanthood. So yes, serving is great. We are called to be servants. But in order to get to this next level, we have to start being a servant, right? We start as serving in the kingdom. We start as being a servant of the Father. But the next level is friendship. The next thing that he does is he says, you're no longer my servant, but you are my friend. So if we want to be a friend of God, if we want to have that relationship with him, we have to first be a servant, right? All right, so the other thing that I noticed is that he says that I no longer call you servants because servant does not know his master's business. So in a friendship, you know the intricate parts of somebody else's being, right? You know what's going on in their lives. Typically, you know what they do for a living, you know where they go, you know, each and every day. And so it reminded me of um, my uncle. I have several uncles. I have, I mean, just too many. My mom is one of like 12 and my dad is one of eight. So I have tons of aunts and uncles. But this one in particular, he's probably my favorite uncle. His name is Jared. He's only 18 months older than I am because, well, divorce happens and remarrying and new sets of kids. So my uncle is only 18 months older than me. So we were really, really close growing up. And um, I grew up to work with children. That's what I do. Everybody here knows that I love kids. That's, you know, something that I do. Well, he like, I don't know how he did this, but he grew up and decided he wanted to work in government. And he started at the base level And, you know, kind of just worked at like polls and kind of volunteered and did stuff like that. And then somehow, some way, somebody knew his name, got him to work at the White House, 
Not only did he get to work at the White House, but then he worked directly for the president and, the president, and president Trump was his, his, his oversight. My uncle, um, he was in charge of a lot of different things, but then at the end of his like, time with President Trump, the last like, two and a half years, he had moved up in the ranks. And um, his last two and a half years, he was the head of like, the travel team so, like, he went before President Trump. He made sure that everything was ready, everything was good to go. He um, was in charge of, like, the security team itself. So he had to, like, place the security team. He had to say, okay, I need you here, I need you there, all of those things. So he, he knew everything there was to know. Well, he was a servant to the president, right? That's what he did. That's what, that's what he got paid to do, was he was serving the president and keeping him safe. Well... Then one day he's on the phone with my grandmother and he's call, he calls my grandmother and they're just kind of talking, just chatting like, hey, what's going on? Nothing, what's going on with you? Nothing, what's going on with you? And he's like, oh, mom, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. So he switches over and he answers the phone and he's like, hello? And he says, uh, yeah, this is President Trump. I was just wondering if you would like to come watch a movie with me. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm on the phone with my mom real quick. Uh, let me just, uh, 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 and he's like, do I tell the president to hold on? Like, what are you, like, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, uh, I'm on the phone with my mom. Who's more important right now? Like, my mom, the president, I don't know. So the president was like, yeah, I'll hold. So he switches back over. He's like, mom, I got to go. I got to go, like, watch a movie with the president. So he hangs up, and his mom's like, ah, ah, and she's like, click. So he tells this story at his wedding where he's getting married to another person that worked on Trump's detail, and um, Anyways, it was just really funny because my grandmother was like, uh, I just didn't know that you could be like best friends with the president like that. So it was funny because it reminded me of, you know, how the servant doesn't know what the master's business is, right? And so he became President Trump's friend. I thought that was really cool. Anyways, it says friends get to know the master's business. They get to know what's going on behind closed doors. Friends know the intricate parts of you that others don't have access to. And how many people... Like, this is a genuine question. I want you to ponder it. How many people have you given access to? Like, how many people can you say in your life that you have given access to? And then on the flip side, really ponder, how many people do you have access to? How many people have felt safe enough to give you access to their life? This is what we're gonna be talking about today, what it means to be a real friend. So the title is friendship material. Friendship material. All right, we're gonna open in prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to meet together and learn more about what you have for us. Father, I ask that you would allow our hearts to be open to receive and shift in the ways that you want them to shift so that we can be the people we are called to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like I said, the title is Friendship Material. The Hebrew's strong word defines friendship as your associate, your brother, a companion, your fellow, your friend, your spouse, your lover, your neighbor. So when we're talking about friends, we're even talking about your neighbors. We're talking about your associates at work. We're talking about who you're with, your spouse, your um, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be. We're talking about those types of people. So in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 10, 
says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. How many of us have actually been in a situation where we've lived life alone and we've fallen and nobody was there to pick us up? That's not a good place to be. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can we be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We know this scripture. We have heard this scripture several times. Sometimes it's applied to marriage, But if you really dig deeper into this message, it's actually talking about mankind and how man is not ever meant to be alone. In Genesis, even God noticed that he created Adam and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. He said, it is not good that man should be alone. So in Ecclesiastes, it says, two are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. One person alone can be attacked and will be defeated. So today we're gonna focus on how to be friendship material according to the scripture. And our point number one is to be a safe place. Our job is to be a safe place. So we're going to create environments where people feel safe enough to come and, and tell us what's going on in their lives. And how we choose to speak to one another is a huge indicator of whether or not someone's gonna feel safe talking to you, right? All right, so Proverbs eleven thirteen, a gossip goes around telling secrets. How many of us have heard a gossiper? How many of us have been a gossiper? Yep, that's, that's me. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Your friends are not gonna gossip about you. They're going to protect what is sacred, Right? The Bible is very clear in how to handle someone who is caught spreading rumors, which I thought was interesting. Proverbs twenty nineteen, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around the chatterers. It says it right there, so don't hang around with chatterers. It doesn't say, uh, you can kind of have some of them. You can kind of tolerate some of them or, hey, why don't you just talk to them and you can convince them not to spread gossip. That's not what it says. It says, don't hang around the chatterers. And we've all known a chatterer. We've all known the chatty Cathy's that are constantly like, oh my gosh, did you hear? I gotta tell you, girl, you should have known. Like, I knew that was gonna happen. But we're not talking about the chatty Cathy that is like, um, girl, I got this on sale. Let me tell you where. We're talking about the ones who are ta- constantly saying, did you hear? So if you hear those words, did you hear? I encourage you to turn away, okay? All right, so anyways, <laughs> this reminds me of a story of how I met my sister. Uh, my older sister was adopted when I was about 13 years old. And I barely knew her. She was just a friend of mine through cheerleading. Um, at, we went to a small private school. So we were kind of like acquaintances. Like I didn't really know her that well. And my parents all of a sudden were like, hey, 
you know, she's got, you know, some issues at home. We really want to kind of bring her into the family and we want to love on her. And I want you to show her the love of Christ as much as you possibly can. And I was like, I'm 13. (laughs) What are you talking about? Um, So shortly after that, um, I was at school one day and obviously teenagers, there's nothing but rumors. There's nothing but gossip. Literally, you hear anything out of a teenager's mouth, it's probably not true. Probably not true. So check what your friends are saying to you. Anyways, so I had gone to the bathroom, which, I mean, how many of you know, like when you go to the bathroom, it's kind of like an intimate moment. Like you don't really want people bothering you. Like you've got the door shut. You're trying to go to the bathroom by yourself. Don't, don't interrupt my privacy, please. Um, but I hear this knock, like on my stall. And I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? So I'm like, someone's in here. And then it like, then banging, just like straight, like banging. And I was like, what is happening? So I quickly like hurry up. And I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. So I open up the door and Tiffany is standing in front of me and she looks livid. And I was like, what is happening? And I was like, hey, what's going on? She grabs me by my shirt. Somehow this girl got the strength of a 10,000 men. She picks me up, shoves me up against the bathroom stalls. And she's like, why would you say that? And I was like, say what? And I'm like trying to like hold myself together and not pee myself even though I just went. I'm like, uh. she's like, she's like, you told everybody that, you know, such and such, such. I don't remember what the rumor was now. But she was like, you told everybody. And I was like, I didn't tell anybody anything. And she's like, I just can't believe that you would spread rumors about me and that you would gossip about me and um, all these things. And I was like, um, I never said anything like that. Um, so anyways, I say all of that to say that like when you hang around chatterers, you're gonna get yourself in trouble. Like I was hanging around people that were spreading rumors. I was hanging around the people that I thought were my friends, but they were going behind my back and saying things that I had never said. And then it got me in trouble. I was pinned up against the bathroom stall. Something I didn't even say. Anyway, so Jesus also tells us exactly what we should do when we encounter a situation like that. And we're in, when we're around people that do things like that, right? Um, Pastor Buster actually hit on it last week, but I'm gonna go ahead and hit it again because I feel like it's that important. And I know we teach it to our kids and I'm sure you guys could quote this scripture by heart, but Matthew seven twelve, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the Proverbs. And the prophets, not the Proverbs, the prophets. I was like, I'm looking at my, ne- my notes and that's where we're headed next is in Proverbs. So I was like, and the Proverbs. All right. So just like I would want someone to do something to me, like I would not have pinned someone up against the bathroom stall, right? But that was what, you know, Tiffany's response was. She was very upset. She was very angry. So she like pins me up against it. I'm like, okay. All right. So back in Proverbs, Solomon says, Proverbs 17, or 27, 17, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Iron sharpening iron means that we are building each other up. Are you building your friendships up? Are you saying the encouraging things? Are you telling them the right things that they need to be doing in the Lord? Like, are we actually being the Lord to those people? Are we being Christ? Proverbs 12, 26, the godly give good advice to their friends and the wicked 
lead them astray. Again, if we're going to be Christians and continue to say that we are Christ-like, what we say matters. When people come to you and if they do feel like you're a safe place and they actually open up to you, are you giving them godly advice? Make sure that what you say brings them back to Christ always, okay? Which brings me to point number two is be wise. Make sure that you are being wise. Use wisdom in the company that you keep. All right, so I grew up in a Christian household. I think um, about most of us did. Some of us didn't, and we didn't get to you know, experience the love of Christ until much later in our lives. Um, but I grew up in a Christian house and I knew right from wrong very early in my life. We had gone on mission trips. We had, I mean, we'd really traveled a lot just spreading the gospel. I remember one time we went to El Paso. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that. I lived in Farmer's Branch. So I was like in Carrollton and we drove all the way to El Paso and we met with like a group of people just to tell them about Christ. And I was like, maybe eight or nine. Like it was the weirdest experience of my life. I still think about that often because I didn't know any of these people and I was only eight or nine and, we, and I was supposed to go and tell them about Christ. And I remember this one guy said, um, you know, have you, uh, do you feel like you're gonna go to heaven or hell? And I was like, um, heaven, I think. And he's like, well, you know, have you ever sinned? And I was like, well, the Bible says that if you think badly about somebody, then you've already hated them. And if you hate them, then you're going to hell anyways. And he was like, I don't even know what to say to that. I was like, okay. Um, So we were on a missions trip um, to Ireland. I've been to Ireland twice, which I mean, toot toot. Um, It's one of my favorite places to be. Um, And I had met a couple of people while we were on that missions trip and we were serving the Lord the whole time. Like we did everything we could to renovate houses, to minister to people. And um, we became really good friends with the people that were there. And then we became friends even more intimately with the people that were on the trip. We get home and one of the ladies that was like my friend there um, had become like my best friend. And we were like really close. Well, she um, felt like things in her home were not safe for her. And so she asked if she could come stay with us for a while. And so my parents were like, absolutely, not a problem. Like, we love you. We want to make sure that you're safe, right? So she comes and she lives with us. After a while, I started noticing that she was acting weird. And I was like, what's going on? And she had been asking her 21-year-old sister to bring alcohol into the house. So she was sneaking alcohol into my house. I knew right from wrong, and I still was like, I want to be cool, and I want to be her friend. So I decided that I was going to drink with her. So not only did I start drinking with her, then we start sneaking out of the house. Then we start you know, making friends with people that we shouldn't have been making friends with and, and getting into situations that we shouldn't have been getting into. And I knew in that moment that, that I was doing wrong, but I didn't care because I wanted to be friends with her. But that's not what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us in Proverbs thirteen twenty says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So who you hang around, you will become like. So who are you hanging around? 
Who are you befriending? Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness. This verse made me laugh so hard because as a kid, what's one of the first things you learn as a kid? Belching the ABCs. And like, as I was thinking about it, I was super disgusted. As an adult, I'm disgusted. I'm like, that's super gross. Why would you do that? But that's how scripture defines these fools is belching out foolishness. So can you imagine somebody being around you and just constantly like belching in your face? That's disgusting. <laughs> That's so gross. I can't imagine that. That would be so gross. Oh, so it says the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. So you want to make sure that you are being appealing, that the things that you are saying, the things that you are doing are appealing to other people. I've listened to a sermon, I think Buster actually shared it, um, about how Jesus didn't, hang around sinners. The sinners hung around Jesus. The sinners wanted to be around Jesus because Jesus was appealing. Are you that appealing that people want to be around you? Proverbs 10, 14, the wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. How many of us have been in a situation where we have hung around fools and invited disaster into our lives. I think we can all say that at one point in our lives, we have stumbled and found ourselves in a sticky situation because of who we, who we were around. Proverbs thirteen ten: where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. So be cautious with what you say, how you say it, and who you are talking to. Wisdom is found where? In the Holy Spirit, Right? So if you are being led by the Spirit, you are going to be led in wisdom. You are going to be able to say those things that you should be saying. And lastly, and certainly most importantly, point number three, be love. So number one, you wanna be a safe place. Number two, you want to be wise. But number three, you want to be love. You want to be the love to those people around you. Romans 12, nine through 10 Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. It doesn't say just love each other. It says really love them. To hate what's wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So a lot of times it's hard for us to say that we love somebody unless it's our spouse. Like if it's our spouse, if it's our parents, then it's so easy to just be like, oh, I love you, I love you. But when it comes to like friendships, sometimes it's like, have you really deserved that place? Have you crossed that barrier into friendship where you feel safe enough to say that you love that person, that you genuinely care about that person, that you are in a position where you want to honor that person? Because the scripture says, to honor each other, to take delight in honoring each other. So what does that look like to really love another person? We're gonna go back to John 15, verses 12 through 14. It says, my command is this, to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. So the command is to love each other. That's not a suggestion. It's a command. He's not saying maybe if you feel like it. He's not saying sometime in the future. He's telling you that's what you're going to do. Love each other. That is my command. And you are my friends only if you do what I command. And earlier in the, in the verse, we talked about how you go from servants to friendship. And the way to do that is to love each other because he says, I command you to love each other. And if you do this, then you will be my friends. So if we are choosing to love each other and if we are choosing to put each other first and to serve each other, then we are doing what he commands and we can be invited into this friendship with him. It says in John 15, 17, again, it says, this is my command, right? My command, love each other. He did this for us by doing what? I mean, he, did, he laid down his life just for us. And how many of us can say that we can even put our cell phone away for five minutes to have a conversation with somebody? A lot of times it's harder for us to even do that. I mean, we have our cell phone set on vibrate. We put it to the side and act like we're not going to look at it. And the second that it vibrates, even in the middle of a conversation with someone, you pick it up and look at it just to see if it's more interesting in something than the, what's going on in front of you. But God says to love each other. That is the commandment that he made. That's the command that he wanted us to do. So I just want to encourage you guys. I want to challenge you that you know that some of your friendships need some work. You know that you need some work, that you need to be wise, that you need to be a safe place, that you need to be love. And maybe you're not doing those things in some of the friendships that you have, and maybe you are. Maybe you are. Maybe you have already created a safe place. I didn't want to tell the story, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyways. I had a rough, a rough childhood. I did not have a great childhood. And so making friends was really hard. And it wasn't until my adult life that I started making really good friends and, and becoming friends with people that are in the Christian faith, right? And um, I had a season where living life was just too hard. And I decided that that's not something I wanted to do anymore. And the second that I called my friend and was like, hey, this is what's going on, she dropped everything and came running to me and made sure that I was okay and made sure that I got the help that I needed. So I have those friends and I know that I have those friends and I know that I can be those friends for other people. I just wanna challenge you guys in the next couple of weeks to make sure that you're doing the same thing, that you are making sure that you are a safe place for those people to come to. And that is all that I have for today, Pastor Buster.